Well, that Lions defense bounced back on Sunday against the Bears. We discuss. You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's good, everybody? Matt Derry with you. It is a Locked On Lions on the Locked On Podcast Network. Indeed, your team every single day on a Friday, November 17th and a Saturday, November 18th. Lions and Chicago Bears coming up at Ford Field this coming Sunday. Thanks for checking us out wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen. Thank you to those of you watching and subscribing on our Locked On Lions YouTube channel for free. Think about this. We are at about 8,800 subscribers on our YouTube channel. Thank you so much. Please subscribe and check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Dairy Speaks at Locked On Lions, Matt Dairy Facebook fan page. And yes, if you're on threads at The Real Matt Dairy, Locked On Lions today brought to you by Prize Picks. Yes, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports is at Prize Picks. It's fun. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match. Up to $100. Coming up on the show today, Aaron Glenn spoke yesterday, the Lions defensive coordinator. And for as much as I'm talking about the defense and we're looking at the numbers, it's weird. Aaron Glenn had some interesting things to say that I want to share. And I want to also get people's thoughts on this as well when you chime in on YouTube and Facebook and and, and, and Twitter. Because I, I don't know if the Lions are a good defense or not. I Usually you know me. You know I'm opinionated. You know I'm going to bring it to you every single day, and I'm going to keep it real and talk about the Lions and everything else. I'm I don't know if the Lions have a good defense or not, because when they play mediocre and bad offenses, they feast. When they play good offenses, they give up 37 points. So it's like, what are they? We'll talk about it coming up on the program here. Some keys to victory for the Lions. And getting that eighth win against Chicago coming up on Sunday. We got to talk about this Carissa Thompson situation. I want to dive into that a little bit um, as well. And I think the crowd on Sunday is going to be bananas. I think it's going to be awesome and loud. And I think have a, a play a factor in Sunday's game. All of that today, right here on Locked Online. So, you know, this on Thursdays, the coordinators speak Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, Dave Phipp, the special teams coach. And Aaron Glenn, future head coach, A.G. Aaron Glenn, also talks. And there have been some, I'm not saying pretentious, not pretentious, what's the word I'm looking for? Contentious? I think Aaron Glenn speaks his mind. Um, He gets mad. He's direct. And he's very open and honest. And he's a good interview. Um, So after a game like this, you know, after the Seattle game, where the Lions served up, what, 37 points and lost 37-31. After the Baltimore game, when the Ravens, you know, just exploded offensively and put up over 37 points. This past week, where the Lions won 41-38, yes, gave up 38 points to the Chargers, five consecutive touchdowns, uh, Aaron Glenn is going to have to answer questions. What's going on? Why is the defense struggling? All of these things. And I thought he had some interesting answers yesterday to some questions about the struggles that the defense had in L.A. against the Chargers last week. Number one, he said, things happen. 
He's like, nobody thought the Browns would score 33 points last week and beat the Ravens, would they? Well, yeah, things happen for sure. Everybody's going to have a clunker, right? The Ravens game was the clunker. It was a bad performance. Previous to that, the Lions defense had played very well. So that was a clunker and we kind of washed it away. But saying things happen and comparing it, well, Baltimore's had one clunker. Baltimore's had one bad defensive performance in the first nine weeks, 10 weeks, whatever it is. The Lions have had three, right? Seattle, Baltimore, and LA. So things happen to me is not an answer. I'm sorry. For future head coach Aaron Glenn, I would not use that one again. Things happen. Well, yeah, they do. Are things happening for Arizona? Or the Giants, they suck. Things happen, yes, but those are bad defenses. He said this isn't peewee football, okay? <laughs> right, yeah, it's not peewee football. We get it. Other teams have offensive skill players that are so far superior and so good, and Aaron Glenn is not going to get on that podium and complain that he doesn't have enough players. All right, Aaron Glenn does have some built-in excuses that I think are legit. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was arguably his best defensive back at the start of the year, lost for the season due to injury. James Houston was his second best pass rusher after Aiden Hutchinson, lost for most of the season, likely won't be back until mid to late December. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley was supposed to be uh, cornerback number two behind Cam Sutton. Guy played like one snap all year. He's done for the season again with another torn ACL. Those are legitimate excuses. Those are legitimate issues that the defense has not having those three players. But this isn't peewee football. Okay, I, fine. But yes, every, every week you're going up against an NFL offense. There are some bad ones. Yes, and the Lions have faced some bad ones, right? They got to see five foot two Bryce Young in a bad Carolina offense. They got to play earlier in the year Jordan Love and a bad. Green Bay offense, right? They've had some cakewalks this week, Sunday against the Bears. That's a bad offense. It's not a good offense. The Bears blow, all right? Now, they have a quarterback that occasionally can make some plays. They've got a wide receiver one that's pretty darn good. Their tight end isn't bad. Their O-line is improved, all right? Darnell Wright's a solid right tackle and a rookie that they're putting at right tackle and not having to worry about. Whereas in the past, the Bears have put crap at tackle charles leno and uh, uh all sorts of bad you know white hair having to play tackle all right i get it he also says we're a pretty damn good defense all right some lion fans will beg to differ now looking at the stats i'm gonna give you some stats you know okay we are a pretty damn good defense last year the lions defense was not good second half of the year got better but statistically, it was near the bottom of the league. This year, the Lions' defense, if we're talking about yards per game allowed, they are a top 10 defense. Yes, they are number nine in yards per game allowed. That's pretty good. From where they've been, from where they've had to come, from two years ago, Aaron Glenn's first season as D coordinator when they were 32nd in every category. They're now ninth in yards per game allowed. That is a top 10 defense. Scoring per game, so points per game allowed, scoring defense, 
They're 20th. They're allowing 22.5, 22.6 points per game. All right. There's some really good defenses out there that are doing much better than that. All right. Um, let me see here. Kansas City is allowing 15.9 points per game. The Niners, the Ravens, Dallas, Buffalo, Cleveland. All right. Browns defense under Jim Schwartz only giving up um, 19 points per game. Lions defense is 20th in scoring defense. Now, again, that counts in uh, pick sixes for the other team, defensive touchdowns, special teams, all right, against you. You give up the amount of points. It's not specific to, oh, it's only def the defense that gives those points up, all right? As far as their run defense, the Lions' run defense has been stout this year. Football term, stout. They are third best in the league in run defense. It's been a huge improvement this year. No question about it. Remember last year against Carolina in December? They couldn't stop anybody. They made Chuba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman look like Jim Brown and Barry. Barry. Okay? Third in run defense is impressive. Against the pass, they're 20th. Right? Last week we saw it. The secondary could not stop Keenan Allen or Justin Herbert for that matter. It was a pathetic performance by the secondary. So it begs the question, Aaron Glenn says, things happen. This ain't peewee football. We're a pretty damn good defense. We know who we are. Okay, who are, who are, what is the Lions defense? I think the Lions defense has some young players that are really good tacklers. Brian Branch gets you down. Aiden Hutchinson is a really good tackler. Alex Anzalone, once he gets his hands on you, brings you down. All right, I've seen improvement from tackling this season. But are they a great pressure team? No, they're not. We've talked about it. The Oquara brothers, Charles Harris, Kaminsky, Pascal, all those guys are combined for four and a half sacks. They've played nine games. Aiden Hutchinson, you know, is the one guy getting it done when it comes to sacks, pressures, everything else. Lions couldn't sniff Justin Herbert last week. I think Anzalone had two pressures and Aiden had two pressures, and that was it. That number has to come up. So we know who we are. That's what Aaron Glenn said. Are they better? Absolutely they are. The fact they're in the top 10 in terms of yards per game allowed is good. But I think you got to factor in some of the competition and some of the quarterbacks that they played. All right, the best game I thought they played defensively was the first game because it was Mahomes. I know there wasn't Kelsey. But it was still Mahomes and the Chiefs and that scheme. And the Lions defense did a really good job. Now they're going to be facing in back-to-back -back weeks the Bears and Packers. They should be able to be a top five defense by the end of the end by the after, after these last two weeks. We'll see. But these 30s, three times this year they've given up 37 points is not going to cut it. Not when you're playing Philly later in the year, hopefully in the playoffs, or a San Francisco with Debo and McCaffrey and all of that. You know, we'll see. This, uh, Dak in week 16 or 17, whatever it is when they play Dallas. All right. Enough about uh, the defense and everything else that I was uh, talking about coming up next. Let's talk about some keys to victory for Sunday, shall we? We'll do that next. Well, we got to tell you, though, about prize picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports, it's just you against the numbers. It's awesome. Here's how you play 
at pricepicks.com slash lockdown NFL uh, slash lockdown. Excuse me. It, it is just, I, I was right the first time slash lockdown NFL. Here's the thing with price picks. It's daily fantasy made fun, but again, you don't have to like go up against your friends or anything. Just you against the projections. All right. You pick more than or less than on two to six player projections and you win. You can take $10, turn that into $250 with ease. All right. Justin Jefferson is going to come back soon for the Vikings. Maybe not next week, but the week after. You look up and you go, you know his first game. He's going to blow up and go for more than 100 yards receiving. You can bet on it at prize picks. All right. Will the Chargers continue to have success after last week? Justin Herbert this week, more than or less than two passing touchdowns. All of that can be had at prize picks. What about this week with David Montgomery? More than less than 75 yards, 70 yards. It's all there for you at prizepicks.com slash lockdown NFL. They do it all there, including NBA as well. Go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown NFL. Use the code lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks.com slash lockdown NFL. Daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, so usually on Fridays, I sit here and give you three, four keys to the Lions' victory over the Bears on Sunday. I'm going to give you one. One key to victory. Justin Fields is back for the Bears. Hall of Fields. Oh, MVP candidate this offseason. Remember that? Please. All right, the Bears are three and seven for a reason. Uh, They don't have very good quarterback play. Whether it was Justin Fields in week one getting intercepted like crazy in Green Bay, whether it was Tyson Bagent who had some decent outings in relief of fields who was injured, but T bag didn't get it done. And he's not a starting NFL quarterback yet coming from a D to school bears. They just, they're not consistent enough on offense. They don't have enough weapons. Their O line is not, is not good. So how do the bears win Sunday and what it's the lions. What do the lions have to do to make sure that doesn't happen? There's no upset here. Lions are 10 point favorites. I think what Luke Getze, the Bears offensive coordinator, is going to do, unless he's super stupid, is design some running plays for Fields. Turn this into a backyard football game where Justin Fields is just taking direct snaps, you know, wildcatting, pulling guards, all sorts of things. Maybe they put Fields out wide, put him in motion, direct snap on a wildcat to Herbert or or Foreman or whoever the back is, hand the ball off to Fields on a reverse. Anything to get him somehow into space would be the right way to do this, right? How many times did we see the Lions struggle against Geno Smith when he got out of the pocket? Rollouts, designed runs, same with Lamar Jackson. Last week, Justin Herbert was able to get outside the pocket on occasion and make a play or two, especially with his arm. That bothers the Lions defense. They're not, they're not good against mobile quarterbacks yet, all right? They haven't been able to get enough pressure. To me, that's how the Bears win, and that's how the Lions win, too. If Justin Fields on some design runs has nowhere to go, and the Lion linebackers are really in pursuit, guys are staying in their lanes, Brian Branch comes back and and, and is playing like the Brian Branch from the first three or four weeks, the Bears have no chance. I think the only way the Lions, this game is close, and the only way the Lions somehow get upset is if Fields is running for like a buck 50, buck 65. Remember last year he got loose in Chicago, made it a game with his legs. Lions, of course, swept the season series last year. But the game at Soldier Field came down to the end where 
Fields was forced to throw the ball because the Lions took away his running lanes with some good adjustments from Aaron Glenn in the second half. So that's like my one key for this game. Keep Justin Fields at bay with his legs. Turn him into a pocket passer. Make him make throws in the pocket. Because he can't. He's not... In college, he was phenomenal. He had really good receivers and a great system with the Buckeyes. And I liked him in college, but this is the NFL. It's a di- it's it's just the speed difference. The guys coming at you from those front threes and front fours, the blitzing, it's a different animal. God bless the Big Ten. All right, but right now, Big Ten football, at least we've seen it over the last handful of years, and Fields is only in, what, his third season? The Big Ten has been Ohio State and Michigan, Penn State to an extent, and nothing else. So it's easy to have a, uh, you know, and look, C.J. Stroud is proving all the Buckeye quarterback haters wrong because he's been fantastic at the next level for the Houston Texans so far this year. Just awesome. But with Fields, sometimes it was, yeah, I can go to my fourth or fifth read, hold the ball forever because I'm not in trouble. But he holds the ball too long at this level. A guy like Aiden Hutchinson, guys coming off the edge are going to get him. And going to sack him. So if Fields is running and able to get some ground game, go, uh, you know, ground chunks going, and then that opens up play action, uh, rollouts, finding Cole Komet as tight end. It's interesting. The Bears kind of go as Komet goes. When their offense has been good, he's had big games. Uh, and I like DJ Moore. Don't get me wrong, too. But um, that's the key to me. Keeping Fields at bay on the ground turn him into a pocket passer, make him have to stand back there like Dan Reno used to do and Peyton Manning and um, Scott Mitchell. Yeah, I dropped a Scott Mitchell reference. You know what I mean? Remember when Scott Mitchell used to try to run? It looked like he was like 300 pounds wearing that big, bulky number 19 jersey. Um, but that to me is the key. Don't let Justin Fields get loose on the ground. The Bears bringing him back this week after a three or four week absence due to injury, shoulder feeling better. But still, if the Bears are going to win, they have to junk it up. They got to do trick plays and creative stuff with him running the ball. And for some reason, over the last couple of years with their OC, Luke Getze, and it changed a little bit at the start of the year. They were doing more design things for him, but then they went right back to him standing in the pocket like he was Y.A. Tittle or Bobby Lane. And it's like, no, that's not his game. So we'll see how the Lions, um, see if they can bounce back. I think they will uh, this week, especially on defense after what happened last week. I and mean, they just could not stop Justin Herbert. Just could not do it. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Coming up next, huge controversy going on. Um, This is crazy. Crazy controversy with sideline reporters and uh, Carissa Thompson, who was hosting the NFL broadcast on Amazon last night. We'll do that coming up next. But first, who's going to be hungry on Sunday and doesn't want to leave the couch? doesn't want to leave the bed, whatever it is, you got to order with DoorDash. All right. I've talked about this for the last few weeks, but when I DoorDash, 
it's usually National Coney Island. I get my honey sandwich. I get my fries well done. I get my chicken lentil soup, and it's delivered right to my door thanks to my friends at DoorDash. Did the game go to a timeout? Time to order in with DoorDash. Halftime, same thing. Order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, whatever you want with DoorDash, chips, dips, nachos. Heck, from retail to grocery, they can do it all for you. Get prepared before game day. Stock up on your favorite appetizers. Order all your tailgate gear on DoorDash. Then get ready to watch the Lions win on Sunday. Get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23, that's L-O-C-K-E-D 23, subject to change, terms apply. All right, folks, uh, every sideline reporter that has worked for the NFL, I mean, we're talking Melissa Stark, Andrea Kramer, Pam Oliver, Lisa's, uh, uh, Lisa Salters, who does NBA uh, and Monday Night Football, uh, Laura Oakman, they are all out in full force today and yesterday on social media, especially on Twitter, destroying Carissa Thompson. For those of you that don't know and haven't seen the story, Carissa Thompson, who of course is in studio for Fox on Sundays doing the game breaks. She also also co-hosts a podcast with Aaron Andrews, and she also was the host on the Thursday night Amazon game. She was in the on site last night hosting the studio show for Ravens and Bengals. Carissa Thompson went on the Pardon My Take podcast on Barstool Sports recently, uh, last, I think it was last week, but the story's starting to blow up now, and basically admitted that she used to make up sideline reports and basically lie if she did not get a hold of the coaches coming out of the tunnel. Usually sideline reporters for the NFL, as the uh, half is ending, uh, they'll either interview a coach coming off the field or they'll talk to a coach one coach going off the field, they'll walk with, let's say, an Andy Reid and maybe have their phone and say, all right, Andy, real fast, not not for camera, but off camera. What do you got to work on? What'd you see in the first half? Well, you know what, Carissa, we got to protect Patrick Mahomes. He's been sacked three times. Our, our offensive line's not playing well. And, you know, we got to do a better job on defense against their tight ends or something like that. Then the other coach will come out of the, the locker room and walk out on the field and Carissa will walk or the sideline reporters will walk with that coach so she'll get both coaches. And then to start the second half, they'll send it down to the sideline reporter and Laura Oakman or Tracy Wolfson or whomever. And she'll say, spoke with Bill Belichick. He said this. Spoke with Dan Campbell. He said this. Back to you. And Carissa basically admitted on this podcast that she, she lied sometimes. She had to make stuff up sometimes because she just didn't get access to the coaches. Coaches blew her off. Coaches walked by. Wasn't able to get to them, whatever it was. And so her admitting on a podcast and kind of making fun of herself a little bit and kind of being self-deprecating, but also kind of in a loose environment saying, yeah, I made stuff up, has just caused a major uproar because many of these sideline reporters, many of them women, some of them uh, African-American women, that's a tough business. This is a tough business to break into and gain the trust of both the coaches and the listeners and the audience. And so they're all saying, this isn't funny. This isn't good. Why would you lie? And they're destroying Carissa Thompson. Now, Carissa, now at the time I'm recording this on Friday uh, afternoon here, Carissa Thompson has not said anything about it. She didn't apologize last night on Amazon. I don't know if she's going to want her podcast with Aaron Andrews and start crying or apologizing. I don't know what she's going to do. But I know this. It's a bad look. Openly admitting 
on Barstool that, yeah, I made stuff up. Why would you admit that? Now everybody that watches these games are going to wonder if it's real or not. Why would you put your brethren in that predicament? Why would you put them in that light? There's already plenty of people that watch these games that don't trust the media, don't like the media, don't even want to hear it because of the society and the environment that we have now. Just a really bad look. Not a good idea. And she kind of said on the podcast, well, I've said this before. Well, stop. Stop saying it. Because now all of these sideline reporters are basically taking to Twitter and destroying her and saying, thanks a lot. Thanks. Now, we're, we're people are going to wonder if we're making this up, what we say. So, not good. Now, am I telling you I think Fox should fire her or Amazon should fire her? No, but there's got to be some sort of um, accountability here. It's not not good. And maybe some sort of uh, slap on the wrist or something. All right, final thing before we go here on this Friday show. I'm picking the Lions to win. I think they'll win 27-10, to 27-17, something like that. 31-17. Crowd's going to be great. Anytime the Bears come to Ford Field, I don't care if it was that Monday night or years ago. I don't care if it was a two-win team against a three-win team. There's something about when the Bears come to town. The fans, they go nuts when they see that GSH on the sideline, on the, on the, uh, on the uniforms of the opposition. Um, two old school NFC North used to be NFC central uh, rivals. I think the crowd's going to be awesome on Sunday and you want to bother Justin Fields third and long second and longs getting loud in there. We'll rattle him. So excited to hear what the crowd sounds like. Go lions. We'll talk to you Sunday with a post game pod. Thanks for checking us out wherever you get your podcasts, and making us your first listen right here on lockdown lions.